Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. It's strange. All right, you've probably been hearing the ads for this because the Alberta government's really been publicizing it. Uh, come April 9th, a week from today, new impaired driving rules come into effect in Alberta. And as I alluded to earlier, these were changes that were necess- uh, necessitated by two factors. One of them being the pending legalization of cannabis and a court ruling that found that a provision of Alberta's impaired driving legislation was unconstitutional. Now, that was the bit of business about anybody charged with a crime would have to have their license suspended until their case was resolved. Now, going to trial, that might mean a year, year and a half. So it put undue pressure on people to plead guilty. So there's going to be a change coming to that. Uh, Despite these changes, though, there's still some concern uh, about the uh, rights of an accused in all of this. Uh, Nate Whitling is a lawyer at Liberty Law, LibertyLaw.ca, and vice president of the Criminal Trial Lawyers Association of Alberta. Nate, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much for having me. All right. So explain to us uh, in a little bit more detail, if you can, uh, how and why these changes uh, came about in the first place. Uh, Well, there's a number of different changes that are going on. Many of them relate to the Alberta Court of Appeals decision of last year, which struck down the previous regime as unconstitutional uh, because, uh, briefly, it pressured uh, people into pleading guilty to criminal charges, whether or not they were guilty or innocent. Uh, The new law also responds to the fact that, uh, of course, marijuana is soon to be legalized, and uh, some new procedures are being imposed to detect impaired driving from cannabis or marijuana. All right. So let's talk a bit more about the the court ruling that got us to this point. Now, as it was previously, that someone who was charged with impaired driving, facing a criminal code charge, that they would lose their license indefinitely until the the court case was resolved, which, as you say, the court found put pressure on them to plead guilty. That's been uh, amended to 90 days. Is it your sense that that is in keeping with this ruling, or do we still have issues there? Well, that aspect of it, I think, is uh, in keeping with the ruling. It's an improvement. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a way, that's essentially what we're asking for. Uh, That is that there should be a fixed time as opposed to uh, an indefinite uh, time that depends upon when the criminal charge is resolved. Uh, There are still problems, though. There's problems uh, in relation to the, the continuance of old suspensions that were imposed under the new law and the way in which this new bill continues the effectiveness of those old suspensions. Uh, That creates real concerns for us. Uh, And there's some other ones as well, some other problems with this bill. It's kind of a long story, actually. (laughs) Well, but but elaborate on that a bit if you can, where where we still have some problems. Well, uh, let's assume you received a suspension under the old law, and it's going to continue until your criminal charges are disposed of. Or as soon as um, the registrar agrees to allow you onto the interlock program, or the expiration of one calendar year. So if you received a suspension under the old law, 
if the registrar then refuses to allow you into the interlock program, and that appears to be just a, a, a limitless discretion to do that, which is a real concern, then you're essentially in the same situation. There's still pressure on those drivers to plead guilty sooner because then, and only then, will the suspension expire. Um, I shouldn't say and only then. Uh, otherwise, it'll take a full year in addition to the 90 days before the suspension expires. So, so in effect, there is still pressure upon people to plead guilty to their charges uh, for at least one year after the coming into force of the new law. Hopefully I explained that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you did. But, I mean, it gets back to the fundamental point and why this was struck down as a violation in the first place. Uh, what, what is the, the harm caused by putting that kind of pressure on an accused? Well, of course, uh, if, if someone needs to get to work uh, next month or 30 days from now or 90 days from now, uh, even if they're not guilty, well, of course, the, the old law pressured them into pleading guilty so that the interim suspension would end and they could get on the interlock program as soon as possible and start going to work. And as a result of that, the Court of Appeal found uh, people's charter rights were violated because they were pleading guilty uh, whether or not they were actually guilty to the offense. And of course, everyone has a right to a fair trial. And that uh, old law pressured people into giving up that right. Do we have an appeal process uh, as it pertains to these administrative penalties, these suspensions? Yes. So now, uh, as near as I can tell, the appeal process uh, in the new law hasn't changed very much from the old law. Um, uh, there is an appeal to the Alberta Transportation Safety Board, and they have a certain jurisdiction, and no one's entirely clear how broad that jurisdiction is, to entertain certain arguments that may or may not uh, uh, allow them to to uh, end a suspension or to reinstate someone's license. And, uh, you know, long story short, that board, of course, is not a court of law. Uh, their jurisdiction is quite narrow. Um, they're, they're not manned by judges. I mean, these are good people doing the best they can, but they're not experts in terms of the law or the charter rights and freedoms. And and it's it's a very narrow right of review. There's also a very strict limitation period. So if you don't commence the appeal within 30 days and pay your fee, then you you lose your right to appeal, and there's no discretion to grant you a time extension. So we're a bit concerned with the, the narrow scope of uh, the authority of that board to entertain appeals from these suspensions. Yeah. As it pertains to cannabis, now I suppose it's going to fall to the federal government to set these these thresholds for impaired driving. There's a lot of concern, though, whether it's, we're setting the bar very low and the concern about THC remaining in someone's system, uh, whether we're going to have a regime that's, that's targeting people who maybe aren't even impaired. What are some of the concerns here? Yeah, this, I mean, this is basically a scientific sort of concern, and obviously I'm not a scientist, but right. my understanding is that uh, it's not at all clear that someone who would uh, fail one of these tests for THC levels uh, is actually impaired to drive at all. Uh, perhaps that um, THC has remained in their system for days or perhaps, you know, perhaps they've recently used marijuana, but the fact remains that their ability to imp to drive a car is not impaired. And, um, you know, up to up to this point, at least, uh, this law has always required some some actual evidence that the person driving the vehicle uh, has an impaired ability to operate the vehicle. And uh, the extent to which these THC levels really have any relationship to a person's ability to drive is is very unclear at this point. Um, so, you know, I think there there may be challenges down the road based upon uh, expert evidence and uh, science, which I don't think has been fully hashed out at this point. 
I mean, there seems to be in a lot of ways when it comes to cannabis regulation, um, a desire to err on the side of caution, uh, that we want to take a cautious approach into this this kind of new world. But when it comes to, to impaired driving, and if we're going to, to apply a standard, as you say, isn't necessarily catching impaired drivers, what are the consequences as far as the legal system is concerned? Well, of course, uh, first of all, the, the system could be clogged up even worse than it is now by a bunch of unnecessary cases. I mean, uh, one of the reasons why this uh, these laws have become so important and uh, why they keep changing is because the incidence of impaired driving cases in the courts are so great that, uh, you know, some estimates are as much as 40% of court time uh, in the provincial court is spent on impaired driving cases, that it's it's really the type of case that's slowing cases down and creating all kinds of problems, uh, particularly since the Supreme Court's decision in Jordan. So uh, this could, uh, you know, could greatly uh, intensify that problem without any any great benefit. I mean, it seems unlikely to me that the new law means that more and more people are going to be using marijuana and then driving. It's probably the same number of people that have been uh, using it up till now. And right. it's just not clear to me that this, this new law is going to catch people who actually present a danger to themselves or other drivers. Well, some important points to consider. Uh, April 9th, these changes take effect. Uh, more at albertactla.com, also libertylaw.ca. Nate, thanks so much for joining us here. Really appreciate the insight. Thank you. That's uh, lawyer Nathan Whitling, uh, vice president of the Alberta Criminal Trial Lawyers Association, uh, also with LibertyLaw.ca. 974-8255 is our number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.